This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And we are reviewing this 1995 paper, Industrial Society and its future, folks. It's future. And let's pick up here at paragraph 170. Oh, say the technophiles. He's talking about the technocrats here. Quote, science is going to fix all that. We will conquer famine, eliminate psychological suffering, make everybody healthy and happy. End quote. Yeah, sure. That's what they said 200 years ago. The Industrial Revolution was supposed to eliminate poverty, make everybody happy, etc. The actual result has been quite different. Detectophiles are hopelessly naive or self-deceiving in their understanding of social problems. They are unaware of, or choose to ignore, the fact that when large changes, even seemingly beneficial ones, are introduced into a society, they lead to a long sequence of other changes, most of which are impossible to predict. Look at paragraph 103. And I would say, folks, I would say that they're well aware of it. I don't believe really in unintended consequences. I believe all consequences are intended, especially in the world we're in today. They try to run all these models. I think at the high levels, they know exactly what they're doing. And so that's why they run these problem reaction solution loops. And the solutions end up actually destroying freedom, liberty, human autonomy, even human health. And then the goal with the solution is the solution creates a thousand more problems that then they provoke reactions on and come back with more solutions. Let's continue. The result is disruption of the society. So it is very uh, probable that in their attempts to end poverty and disease, engineer docile, happy personalities, and so forth, the technophiles will create social systems that are terribly troubled, even more so than the present one. For example, the scientists boast that they will end famine by creating new genetically engineered food plants. Wow. Look at that, folks. We're already there. We're already there. But this will allow the human population to keep expanding indefinitely. And it is well known that crowding leads to increased stress and aggression. So that's something I've always asked myself. Why do the technocrats who talk openly about overpopulation with an answer in some form always of depopulation or population control. Why did they create an industrial system that allowed for people to live longer? Longer but sicker, but allowed them to live longer. And so they created the overpopulation. What's the purpose of that? 
Is that a glitch in the matrix? Is that a mistake that they made? Now they want to rein in the population? I'm not sure exactly. I haven't really figured it out yet, but it's like Elon Musk saying, AI is dangerous, it'll destroy humanity, so I'm going to go out and build AI. Same thing. They create the GMO foods, which make us sicker, but allow us to consume food and live longer. And then they tell us that there's too many of us. And because of that, there's climate change issues, which just gives them more control and more power. Haven't figured it all out yet, folks, but we're working on it. Goes on to say, this is merely one example of the predictable problems that will arise. We emphasize that as past experiences shown, technical progress will lead to other new problems that cannot be predicted in advance, paragraph 103. In fact, ever since the Industrial Revolution, technology has been creating new problems for society far more rapidly than it has been solving old ones. Thus, it will take a long and difficult period of trial and error for the technophiles to work the bugs out of their brave new world if they ever do in the meantime there will be great suffering so it is not at all clear that the survival of industrial society would involve less suffering than the breakdown of that society would technology has gotten the human race into a fix from which there is not likely to be any easy escape and i think you can understand this i mean just look at the world around you just look around you when you go out and imagine if all that's gone tomorrow what happens like if you could snap your fingers and we were back just you're in the same place you're standing in the um in the gas station parking lot boom and a forest is all around you what happens to everyone obviously there will be mass suffering but if the technocracy continues to grow and we move further into a slave system, central bank, digital currency, and other technologies, uh, what is worse for humanity? And if, at this point, the elites, the technocrats, the technophiles, as this author calls them, end up moving towards their mass you know, genocide, their population reduction, their eugenics programs that will remove all the people they deem to be unfit, uh, to just die and be gone, um, then what? Is that a great system? And then everyone who's left gets to live under a complete and total slave system? Is this what they've been trying to do? Is this the trial and error that they're working us towards? Well, we got it all figured out now. We just have to hijack all of nature. We have to turn everyone into a slave with a brain chip in their head. I mean, is this the world that these folks are engineering? I tend to believe so. I believe uh, what I laid out in the first 10 episodes of this show, all about the metaverse and trying to drive us into a digital prison system with an AR headset on and a brain chip in our head. That's what I think their dream is now. That's what they're working towards. How close they are, who knows? Who knows? What are they going to do to you if you get a piece of rural land and you exit the system? Are they going to come to you by gunpoint and tell you to put the chip in your head? I don't know if they're going to do that. If there's millions of people that exit the system uh, and live half Amish, are they going to try to corral you into the system at gunpoint? Who knows? Who knows? It goes on to say here, uh, this section is the future. Paragraph 171. But suppose now that industrial society does survive the next several decades and that the bugs do eventually get worked out of the system so that it functions smoothly. What kind of system will it be? 
we will consider several possibilities. And this will be quite interesting. Again, I haven't read this in a few years, but I just laid out what that system would look like in my mind here in 2023. He's talking from the perspective of 1995, 28 years ago. Paragraph 172. First, let us postulate that the computer scientists succeed in developing intelligent machines that can do all things better than human beings can do them. In that case, presumably, all work will be done by vast, highly organized systems of machines, and no human effort will be necessary. Either of two cases might occur. The machines might be permitted to make all of their own decisions without human oversight, that would be autonomous machines, or else human control over the machines might be retained. All right, and that would be the humans sitting there and actually doing all the programs of the algorithms or the artificial intelligence versus the artificial intelligence writing itself. So as you know, if you've listened to the show from the beginning, the idea, uh, this concept developed by Ray Kurzweil, the chief engineer at Google, is that we'll reach this point called singularity, of which Peter Thiel's been supporting since 2006, where AI will become more intelligent than humans, and then humans will be forced to merge with the artificial intelligence, right? So where AI surpasses humans, and now humans are actually the weaker of the two and have to merge. So humans may have created and gave birth to AI, but now AI will be the controllers of humanity. This is what the author's talking about back here in 1995. It goes on to say, paragraph 173, if the machines are permitted to make all their own decisions, we can't make any conjectures as to the results because it is impossible to guess how much machines might behave. We only point out that the fate of the human race would be at the mercy of the machines. It might be argued that the human race would never be foolish enough to hand over all power to the machines, but we are suggesting neither that the human race would voluntarily turn power over to the machines, nor that the machines would willfully seize power. What we do suggest is that the human race might easily permit itself to drift into a position of such dependence on the machines that it would have no practical choice but to accept all of the machine's decisions. As society and the problems that face it become more and more complex, and as machines become more and more intelligent, people will let machines make more and more of their decisions for them simply because machine-made decisions will bring better results than man-made ones. Eventually, a stage may be reached at which the decisions necessary to keep the system running will be so complex that human beings will be incapable of making them intelligently. At that stage, the machines will be in effective control. People won't be able to just turn the machine off because they will be so dependent on them that turning them off would amount to suicide. Think about that, folks. I mean, that is brilliant. 
Written 28 years ago, this author breaks it all down and explains it. I mean, that's basically the movie The Matrix right there. Uh, It's a lot of what we've heard coming out of World Economic Forum with industrial metaverse and them creating digital twins of the whole industrial system, and that humans will train inside of the metaverse to run, let's say, nuclear power plants, but at a certain point, the robots and the machines will actually make the decisions and humans will be taken out of the equation. But see, that's what happens. All of a sudden, the humans are going to cede power over to the machines. Now, we would have to believe that even whatever, the Rockefellers, the Illuminati, the Rothschilds, the big bankers, the CEOs, the Klaus Schwabs and Yuval Hararis of the world would be willing to turn over power to the machines. Or... Would Elon Musk and Peter Thiel, the puppets running these uh, tech companies for the elites, would they have the kill switch? Or would the little Indian guys that are the programmers really be the ones continuing to write all the algorithms, not an actual artificial intelligence writing its own algorithms? Would these humans at this high level, if in fact they are human, not some kind of a demon and they're not already merged with the machine, allow the machines to run the whole system? Would the machines be deciding when to cloud seed, when to make it rain, when to make it snow? Or at the end of the day, does a human have to walk over and flip the switch on the cloud seeder to make it rain? Because he says, "Ah, we're having a drought. We haven't had rain in a week. I want rain and turns on the machine. Or will the system all be so-called smart and it will make it rain whenever it wants? If the machines can do that. Can the machines then decide they want to create a flood and wash all the humans out of existence? So the machine just turns on the cloud seeding and it rains forever until everyone washes away. That's the question that this author poses right here, ladies and gentlemen. But this is what we're talking about today. This is sort of the world in which we're entering today. Now, myself personally, I don't believe that the power-hungry humans uh, would ever give over power to the machines at a high level. I do believe, I do actually believe that they want to merge with the machine, meaning they want to have this unlimited knowledge. They want to have the ability to make these huge decisions. They want to have life extension to the point of immortality. I do believe that they want this. I believe they can that they believe they can elevate themselves to the status of gods. They want to be able to make it rain in their head and say rain and the cloud cedar turns on again it's all run by technology that is what makes this all a paper tiger that's the silver lining behind all of this is that everything they would be doing is essentially uh just running a smartphone and apps inside of their head via a chip and they can turn devices on or off i mean that's what technology is no matter how big they build it that's what it actually is All right, it's a bunch of programs, a bunch of software running on a bunch of hardware with a bunch of machines that it controls, stuff that they've actually built. And so they're like a magician who comes out on the stage, does a magic trick, and makes himself disappear, but it's all an illusion. That's what they are, folks. They have machines. They have computers. At the end of the day, throw water on their computer, and the thing fries out. 
that's the the silver lining here. But I'm so glad we're reading this because we can see the thought process of this brilliant author back in 1995. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Paragraph 174, folks. On the other hand, it is possible that human control over the machines may be retained. In that case, the average man, me or you, may have control over certain private machines of his own, such as his car or his personal computer. But control over large systems of machines will be in the hands of a tiny elite, just as it is today, but with two differences. Now, let's look at today. We know the majority of the internet is located on Amazon Web Services, you know, Google, Microsoft, and Oracle servers. So, the the all the technology is housed on servers, computers controlled by a very tiny elite. It goes on to say, due to improved techniques, the elite will have greater control over the masses, and because human work will no longer be necessary, the masses will be superfluous a useless burden on the system, right? So if they replace everyone with artificial intelligence, we are just useless eaters. As people like Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the World Economic Forum, believe we are. It goes on to say, if the elite is ruthless, they may simply decide to exterminate the mass of humanity. Well, (laughs) many of us believe that that's actually happening right now. If they are humane, they may use propaganda or other psychological or biological techniques to reduce the birth rate until the mass of humanity becomes extinct, leaving the world to the elite. Now, think about that, folks. I said they poison the soil, they poison the air, they poison the food, they poison the water, right? They've been loading people up on soy cakes, and they've driven people into positions Like even myself, who says, do you really want to bring a kid into this crazy world that you actually start to stop procreating all on your own? Or they engineer a society where young kids are self-centered, they don't want to have kids, or they retard their development, arrested development, they get them going to college till they're 29 years old, by the time they get out and decide they want to have a kid, they're 40 years old, it's too late. I don't know, they jab them up with all sorts of vaccines and make them infertile. They give them the COVID jab, that makes them infertile. Who knows? All types of stuff, folks, goes on. We know that they're trying to engineer that system. It goes on to say, or if the elite consists of soft-hearted liberals, they may decide to play the role of good shepherds to the rest of the human race. 
They will see to it that everyone's physical needs are satisfied, that all children are raised under psychologically hygienic conditions, that everyone has a wholesome hobby to keep him busy, and that anyone who may become dissatisfied undergoes treatment to cure his problem. All right, well... We know that's part of it, too. And they'll use the so-called soft-hearted liberals. Like, these would be the people that are not actually, uh, let's say, operators of the state or of the system. They'll use those folks to go out and push universal basic income, which is exactly what the author is talking about here without understanding that term because he didn't predict the future. Um, they'll use universal basic income and they'll get the soft-hearted liberals to say, well, with AI replacing everything, UBI is the only, uh, the only reasonable situation that we could find ourselves in is to give everyone a stimulus check, give everyone welfare, uh, and we'll take care of them. goes on to say, of course, life will be so purposeless that people will have to be biologically or psychologically engineered either to remove their need for the power process or to make them supplement their drive for power into some harmless hobby these engineered human beings may be happy in such a society but they most certainly will not be free they will have been reduced to the status of domestic animals um, and, and, you know, in, in a sense, this has already been done. But who knows, folks, with with the COVID jab, if you really believe uh, that it was nefarious, it could have been partially poisoned to kill certain people. It could have been some sort of drug that makes people docile. I mean, listen, we've we've heard straight from the military doctors mouths like Dr. Charles Morgan, the third Dr. James Giordano. They have the ability to give people the drugs to do this. I mean, you know that it can be done. So if it can be done, why wouldn't they do it if it fits the needs of the system? Paragraph 175. But suppose now that the computer scientists do not succeed in developing artificial intelligence. Well, we know that's not the case at this point. So that human work remains necessary. Even so, machines will take care of more and more of the simpler tasks so that there will be an increasing surplus of human workers at the lower levels of ability. We see this happening already. There are many people who find it difficult or impossible to get work because for intellectual or psychological reasons, they cannot acquire the level of training necessary to make themselves useful in the present system. Now, this Yuval Noah Harari addresses this. Uh, He says that once technology begins to grow exponentially, people will be engineered out of their job uh, every single day. Because each time you teach yourself a new skill, that skill will become useless tomorrow once artificial intelligence takes over that skill. And then we become useless to them. Goes on to say, on those who are employed, ever-increasing demands will be placed. They will need more and more training, more and more ability, and will have to be ever more reliable, conforming, and docile because they will be more and more like cells of a giant organism, uh, as Elon Musk has called us, nodes within the system, and that we are all part of a cybernetic collective. We've talked about that on this show. Goes on to say their tasks will be increasingly specialized so that their work will be, in a sense, out of touch with the real world, being concentrated on one tiny slice of reality. The system will have to use any means that it can, 
whether psychological or biological, to engineer people to be docile, to have the abilities that the system requires, and to sublimate their drive for power into some specialized task. But the statement that the people of such a society will have to be docile may require qualification. The society may find competitiveness useful, provided that ways are found of directing competitiveness into channels that serve the needs of the system. We can imagine a future society in which there is endless competition for positions of prestige and power, but no more than a very few people will ever reach the top where the only real power is. See end of paragraph 163. Very repellent is a society in which a person can satisfy his need for power only by pushing large numbers of other people out of the way and depriving them of their opportunity for power right and so obviously you see that in the system we live in today and it depends on how high up the power ranking you want to get if you want to be a high level banker if you want to be a ceo if you want to be a politician you know one of these used car salesmen so you see that kind of system already occurring goes on to say paragraph 176 one can envision scenarios that incorporate aspects of more than one of the possibilities that we have just discussed for instance it may be that machines will take over most of the work that is of real practical importance but that human beings will be kept busy by being given relatively unimportant work ah like gig work folks like gig work it has been suggested for example that a great development of the service industries might provide work for human beings thus people who spent their time shining each other's shoes driving each other around in taxi cabs making handicrafts for one another waiting on each other's tables etc this seems to us a thoroughly compatible way for the human race to end up and we doubt that many people would find fulfilling lives in such pointless busy work they would seek other dangerous outlets, drugs, crime, cults, hate groups, unless they were biologically or psychologically engineered to adapt them to such a way of life. Think about that. That's, that's gig work right there, folks. Uh, Middle class folks running around, shining each other's shoes, driving each other around in cabs, making handicrafts. That's uh, Etsy uh, for you. Waiting on each other's tables. Uh, he doesn't even get into delivering groceries, delivering fast food to each other. I see more people on the national Facebook Instacart groups that actually use Instacart as a service and also are an Instacart worker. So it's it's a bunch of folks just providing needless services back and forth to each other. Mindless. I mean, mind-numbing, useless work, folks. Just surviving. Just trying to make $5 here and $10 there just to survive. Goes on to say, paragraph 177, needless to say, the scenarios outlined above do not exhaust all the possibilities. They only indicate the kinds of outcomes that seem to us most likely. But we can envision no plausible scenarios that are any more palatable than the ones we've just described. It is overwhelmingly 
probable that if the industrial technological system survives the next 40 to 100 years, it will by that time have developed certain general characteristics. Individuals, at least those of the bourgeois type, who are integrated into the system and make it run, and who therefore have all the power, will be more dependent than ever on a large on large organizations. They will be more socialized than ever and their physical and mental qualities to a significant extent possibly to a very great extent will be those that are engineered into them rather than being the results of chance or of god's will or whatever and whatever may be left of wild nature will be reduced to remnants preserved for scientific study and kept under the supervision and management of scientists hence it will no longer be truly wild in the long run, say a few centuries from now, it is likely that neither the human race nor any other important organisms will exist as we know them today. Because once you start modifying organisms through genetic engineering, there is no reason to stop at any particular point, so that the modifications will probably continue until man and other organisms have been utterly transformed. Ladies and gentlemen, that's engineering humanity out of existence. And as far as what he's talking about there with the bourgeois types running around out there, making the system run, those are the Kens and Karens that you were running into constantly during COVID land, the high school theater production. The ones that run around and tell you to walk on the dotted line, stay six feet apart, put your mask on, uh, get vaccinated, get the booster, don't get that booster, get this booster, get the other booster. I mean, that's what he's talking about. Those are the people who have been so socialized into living inside the system under the rules of anyone, whether it be Dr. Fauci or Burks or Redfield or any of them, step forward and they're in charge and these people are willing to go out there and help these folks run the system system and keep the rules of the system up and operational that's what the author is talking about here but look at this he gets right down to it folks i just want to read this one more time in the long run say a few centuries from now it is likely that neither the human race nor any other important organisms will exist as we know them today because once you start modifying organisms through genetic engineering there is no reason to stop at any particular point so that the modifications will probably continue until man and other organisms have been utterly transformed think about that folks i'll be right back this is dust to gold with the dust to gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. 